All right, we're live. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Buzz Pod. This is episode eight. Today we have a special guest joining us. He is an absolute man rocket. Blonde rocket. flow, blue eyes, nice Florida tan because he's a Florida boy. Uh, stud on the ice for Sacred Heart University men's hockey team. That's Division One NCAA. Ever heard of it? He's third on his team in points. Is that good? A good friend of ours. Number 25, Austin McElmary. Austin, how's it going, brother? Oh, that was ice. I like that, Black. <laughs> ice. Hey, thanks for coming fuck, on, man. brother. It's been a fucking while, man. I miss you. I didn't want to fuck that one uh, up. I miss you too, brother. I miss you too. I, I was saying earlier to you guys, like... What a joke that I'm this late in the pod. I thought oh. I was going to be earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, I know, bro. It's just, it, it's ridiculous. We both know you. I don't know why we didn't think like... No, like, no, I thought about. I thought about it. I'm going to have to take blame for this. I just kind of thought that it would be nicer for the fans, all right? If we got a couple different guys from every league and just showed it around. But you know what? You should have been an earlier well, guest. You know what, Max got and those I apologize. BC games that we don't even have a, a and, BC guy yeah. yet either. Yeah, so. that's true. You're that actually is true, you're man. actually our first ever, and I actually wrote that down. You're our first ever BCHL uh, alumni. Sweet. So you're gonna be able to oh, give give people insight on that. League, that what a league, eh? But but Mac, before we get there, you're a Florida boy. How'd you get into hockey, being from Florida? Yeah. So I mean, you you obviously know it's. It's small at home, right? So uh, the guys who end up moving on and making it uh, typically get pretty close, hence why you're one of my, my best friends. But um, my uh, my dad actually was from Detroit, uh, so he grew up playing hockey his whole life. Um, and then my older brother played a little bit of travel as well when he was younger. So, you know, by three, four, you, you couldn't keep the stick out of my hands. It was something I wanted to do. And you know, there was roller hockey or ice hockey. I was playing hockey every day of my life. So um, I fell in love with it at an early age, man, and I, I just took off from there. Sweet, man. Yeah, that's sick Sweet. that you had that in your family. Man, Florida, Florida seems like, I don't know. I don't know the scene, but Florida boys are coming up, man. There's a lot of you guys yeah, that dude. seem to be. Uh, well, dude, we have like huh. a good group. Like, we got like a good group of friends, like over 10 of us that, like, we're all over over our twenties that uh, stay tight, like basically because we all we all still play the game like at high levels and like we we have fun together and stuff like that, and we can all relate to our situations and like there's a lot of us, man. Like the game's growing a lot in in Florida, I think. What about you, Matt? Yeah, it, it's growing. It's getting bigger and bigger, and like obviously, you know, we don't have a ton of guys who are playing the NHL, but. You know, Gossespierre was a guy who came in early and played in the league. And, you know, he moved away from home when he was young. And it kind of just, like, deferred away from guys who never saw him and never, like, experienced him play. But now you got guys like, you know, Peter getting his his time in the NHL. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, Shout Chris. Out guys MVP. looking up to him. And you got Prisky, who's you yeah, know, yeah. just uh, a sniff Prisky, away man. from... Yeah. yeah, he's a sniff away from, you know, Carolina. So... You know, seeing these guys, whether from the 95 to 98 birth year, you got Chip, too, obviously, a Florida yeah, kid. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's growing, it's getting bigger, and, you know, when we when we skate in the summer, you know, kids see us skating, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, okay, if they did it from South Florida, you know, why can't I, too? So, Hell it's yeah. starting to get bigger and bigger, so hopefully it continues to grow. That's awesome, man. Hey, and actually, speaking of... You mentioned Shane Gossespierre, how he, how he left home at a, at a uh, younger age. I know exactly where he went. He went to South Kent, right? And yes, sir. For those of you that don't know, me and Mac actually were, uh, were boys over on the hillside. Shout out South Kent. For any of you boys that are listening, man, that place is unreal. And uh, Mac, Mac, I wanted to ask you, just bring us back a little bit. Talk about South Kent if you can. Um... Hands down, four years, like, best four years of my life. Um, it was, like, uh, it was a big adjustment period for me. Like, moving in, I was always, like, you know, the best player from Florida, like, one of the best guys from Florida. And then I played Tier 2, so I was always, like, I had a line mate, Jake Simons, who plays at uh, Endicott now. He's really, really good. Easily could have played Division One. So him and I kind of just, like, you know, had our way with Florida hockey. Um, so, you know, when I decided to move on, I thought that maybe, you know, 
know, I could continue having, you know, the success I was having at the next level. And, you know, I got there and everybody was the best from where they were from. So it was a learning period as far as the hockey side for me. You know, mm-hmm. it took me, you know, a couple of years to figure out what kind of game I wanted to play, what kind of player I was going to be if I was to take my game to the next level. Um, but, you know, other than that, like South Kent was – you know, some guys have great experiences in prep school. Some guys don't. Um, for me, unbelievable. Like, I built a family there. Like, you, you remember the Darrens, Chase, right? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I still go back probably twice a year. Yeah, man, you were real um, close with the Darrens. I remember that. Yeah, so I, I still go back twice a year. I was just there for Thanksgiving. Nice. Um, you know, I, I love keeping in contact. It, it, it was tough. Sorry. We, hold on there, we, 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 we didn't hear that last part. You cut out for a sec. Matt? From where? Can um, you hear me? Yeah, 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 we can hear you now. You start, said... start back from when you uh, you, you had just uh, had Thanksgiving with the Darrens over at South Kent. Yeah, yeah, I just had Thanksgiving with the Darrens. And, you know, I still go back there a ton as much as I can. But as far as the hockey side goes, you know, like, I, I haven't had a real great, like, connection with it since, you know, the coaches that I played for are now elsewhere. So... Um, I don't really, really keep in touch, touch with the hockey side, but mm-hmm. as far as the school side and the people that I build relationships with, I, I still go back and, and stay in touch with them, and they come to games as much as they can as well. So, um, yeah, I, I love South Kent. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. Awesome, bro. Yo, Mac, that I can relate a lot to that about, like, I mean, first of all, I just want to say, like, to touch on what you said about being one of the best players, I don't know if you know, if you know this or remember this, but, like, when I was really young, like, my first year of Golden Wolves, I think I was, like, 11, I was playing, like, squirt A, and you were, like, on the double A team of the older team, and, like, you were always, like, kind of that guy, and, like, I looked up to you a bit, like, you were definitely, like, the the best player, like, on the ice, like, at Pinnacle on Wednesdays, I don't know if you remember that, but... I remember anyway, that, hell yeah, man. Yeah, with Steve Lynch. So, like, yeah, you were a big shot coming up, and then out of nowhere, I just started to get good, I, 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 I guess. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I got good, and I was oh. Florida good. I was really good in Florida. I was, like, one of the best players there. And then I, when I left home, I went to Shattuck, and it was like, holy shit, everyone's the best player. So, like, yeah. I can yeah, relate it's, to it's that. it's eye-opening, man. That's, that's one thing that, like, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure, like, what kind of crowd your listeners are, but I imagine we have like a decent amount of like younger Florida kids with Definitely. You know, the yep. media that we have. But you know, that's one thing like just cause you're good at home doesn't mean you're good at a national standpoint. That's, that's right, not a man. bad thing, but that's, that's room for you knowing that you need to grow. Right. Like Definitely. I, for example, was never told like, Hey, like pucker up, like, you're in for a run. So, you know, I kind of went in there expecting way more than I should have. And, you know, it was a good thing. It taught me a lot, like, to be mentally tough. It taught me how to work way harder. It taught me how to put in the extra man hours, whether it was skating in the mornings at school or, you know, whatever it was. And even to this day, it's, it's helped me, like, learn that, you know, I'm playing Division One college hockey. I could play, you know, we played BU a couple weeks ago. They got, you know, fucking 15 draft picks. Like, you know, you can always work harder, and there's always going to be someone doing the same or more. So, uh, you know, being a guy who came up from, you know, not as great of a player when I was, you know, in that transition period to, you know, a, a solid player now hoping to, you know, play professionally next year. Like, I just think that's something that I learned and, and it was awesome for me. Yeah, I want to touch on that because uh, a lot of people don't know me and Mac train together every summer uh, off ice and on ice. And I just want to uh, say that, like, you're one of the hardest workers that I know, and, like, honestly, that whole group is, I think we have a group of, like, really hard-working guys from Florida. Let me interrupt and you I, real quick. Like, wh- wh- who are you guys training with? Like, it's is like, it Chris? It's, it's, no, it's we me, got, it's me we got Mac, Andrew Dewey. Pete, who's, Pete like, Pete? obviously, he's very good. He's played, you know, eight NHL games right now. He's hurt, hopefully, getting healthy within this next week. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Brandon Duhame. He was a four-year guy at Providence, or three-year guy at Providence. Uh, he signed with Minnesota after being drafted with them, so he's in Iowa right now. And then uh, Austin Bolio, I would say, I would say like there's four or five of us who like stay full time in the summer. Um, and then Austin Bolio, who's like also one of the hardest workers I've ever played with. I mean, him and I have 
been side by side every single summer, no matter what, for the past you know five six years. And he's at Alabama Huntsville, another guy who you know is hoping to you know play pro at the uh, at the end of his senior year here. Yeah, and then we got, and, we, and we also we, and we had we had this we had got to give shout out to these two guys. Uh, Goldie Goldie's not even playing anymore right now, is he? No, he's at he's at Plymouth State. He's still playing. Goldie? Oh fuck, that's my bad. Goldie Goldie's one of the hardest workers I know, and he's playing Div Three. He's an animal in the gym. He he was training with us there for a long time. And also a shout out to Viz, who's an animal also, uh, playing Div Three. Beauty. He's but, at SUNY Brockport. Yeah. Brockport. Yeah. He's at what school? What school? SUNY Brockport. Yeah, yeah, no, but no, honestly, we got a good squad, and, like, I find at least, like, I- I've played in many, 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 many places, and I find that, like, those guys, like, our group of guys in the summer are just, like, extremely hard workers. We like to have fun, for sure, but we we work our bags off, and, like, I appreciate well, that. Cause- that's, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, that that group, like, when we worked out together, like, you know, you got your days where you're coming in and Dewey's making fun of you, right? But like, and you know, I'm making fun of Peeker and me and me and Beer on you and Dewey. Like that, like we do it in like a laughing, ha ha manner. But we also like always like did it to make sure that every single one of us was pushing and trying to be the best that we could be. And I think like that's why to this day we're still as tight as we are is because a guy like you, a guy like B, Dewey, Peak, like, we all push each other to be better. Like, I wouldn't be where I am without you guys, and I, I would like to think that's the same way. Man, yeah, guys. definitely, that, definitely. That, You know what? That's awesome you mentioned it, because I, I had written something down, man, that kind of, like, re- resonates with that. Because um, when I remember playing at South Kent with you, you being a guy that was always so hard on yourself when it came to the game, man, you, like, you hold yourself to a high standard, Um I just want to ask you, like, if you could elaborate on that, like, where you think that comes from, you know what I mean? Like, because, you know what, like, that that's something that you can't really teach, you know what I mean? That That's passion. That's love for the game. And, um, I mean, I, I know that comes in the summers when you're putting in that extra work and you got your buddies around you, too, and you guys are pushing each other. But do you think that that comes from something, maybe maybe parents instilling that in you or, or, or something? Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, Nico doesn't have – Nico and I have – I mean, we've spent countless hours with each other in, in the summer times and when we're at home. But he doesn't have really a familiarity with my, my parents too well. But um, my dad, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's kind of a perfectionist in a lot of the shit that he does. So, um, you know, I was always hard on myself because I, when I walked away from Florida to go to South Kent – um, there was one person, his name is Matt Pincheski. He was yeah, at South Kent with us for a little bit. He's yeah. uh, in, Maine, in Maine right now at the Nordiques and the Nall, coaching mm-hmm. there. But yeah. he told me one thing. He said, there's a difference between thinking you want it and knowing you want it. And that was something that kind of just stuck with me forever. And, you know, you're right, Chase. I was, I was really hard on myself, and sometimes it affected my body language. And that kind of closed some doors for me through a lot of my career and that's something that even to this day you know i was 14 15 16 at the time and i'm 23 now and i'm still kind of working on it because you know like i know what i'm capable of doing at the level that i'm playing at so sometimes when you don't meet those standards it, it kind of bugs you over right and definitely this game is you know for a lot of the, a lot of people this game is you know just fun and getting away but you know, for me, it's, yes, it's fun. It's getting away. It's the most important thing other than my family and my life. But, you know, I want to make a career out of this. Like, I strive for success, and I want to make it as far as I can. I see guys having success at, you know, the professional level that I know that I work harder than and I can, Absolutely, you know, man. compete with and, and, and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's something even to this day, man. Like, it's funny you mentioned that. I just actually had to talk with my coaches about it because, you know, I, I was getting down, you know, on power play. I'm not hitting the one-timers or whatever it is. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's something that I, I still continue to try to work on. But, you know, as a guy who kind of takes after my father, I, I kind of – I want to be a perfectionist. I want to be perfect. I want to be as best as I can so that I can move on to that next level. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I want to touch on that. I also think that, like, it's it, – I just I just find – and I'm, I am being biased, obviously, but I just find that it's something that guys from Florida might have an advantage over guys that are from 
um, like hockey towns and stuff like that is that I feel that it's not that we're more committed, but we're just when we leave home, it's like an all in kind of thing in your head. You feel like, like you're the underdog right. type. It's not. It's yeah, not so yeah, much. Yeah. It's not you, so much you have, the you underdog. Have all the cards against you, man. You have all the cards against you. Definitely. Everybody's expecting you to fail. Like nobody's expecting you to really tear it up straight out of Florida, right? Like you don't. You don't. Like you don't have a name for yourself when mm. you leave. Right, right, right. but on top of that, after you leave, so on, on top of that, right, drive that you just have to be, you know, you have to desire to have. Definitely, definitely. On top of that, it's like when I was in the queue, for example, there was guys around the league that would get traded to teams that were like somewhat further from their homes, right? Like there was a team called Bakemo, which is like you got to take a boat to get there, kind of thing, and like. They would get traded in the queue to that team and like they would not go mm-hmm. because it was far from home or they didn't like it or or whatever, you know, and they would go play junior A instead. And like that blew my mind because I'm here from Florida and like I would get I, I got traded everywhere and I went everywhere. I never said like, no, I'm not going somewhere to play because I just like, I love the game. And when I decided to leave home, it's like that, it's like that all in thing. You know, when you leave home, it's like, all right, am I going for this or not? Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you leave home, it's like, you're going for it. And I just think like the more you continue to play, the longer you play for, the older you get, you appreciate it more. And then you kind of start to grow that want more again. And then you're just, and like I mean I think all the guys that for example that you named that we train with in the summer like we're all hungry I know that we're all gonna keep playing for a while to like a long time coming you know what I mean yeah until you can't no more absolutely so wait I want to bring you back because you said you had a hard time coming into South Kent you said that you were trying to figure out what kind of player you were and I had that same exact thing but I went with the kind of player that's gonna drop his mitts and beat the shit out of people but you (laughs) went in and had 23 points your first year in 27 games I guess that was your transition year because that's not good enough for you because the next year you came back and you had 38 points in 27 games at selects and then instead of going to the ushl because i'm pretty sure you were drafted in the ushl you went to the bchl where you continue to light it up with 61 points in 57 games talk to me about that so you finally found your game in your second year i would say if i had 23 points in 27 games i found my game my first year but for you it wasn't good enough so you got 38 your second year so that's when you found your game, I'm guessing, and then it carried on over to the BCHL. Were you surprised that it carried over to junior, well, uh, or how was it, that? It was, it was weird, right? So, like, my first year, I, I, like, I don't even think my first and second year statistics are even on anything online. Like, it was not great for me. Like, maybe putting up, like, 15, 25 points in the first two years, and then my junior year... I start that was the the 23 and 27. I was starting to you know feel it a little bit more. I was starting to get become more of an impact player on the team. And then um, after my junior year, I had the option to go play in the North American League in a couple places or go back for my senior year. But I decided after putting in three years at South Kent, I might as well do my fourth, graduate, and try to perfect what I wanted to do at the next level. And that was try to score goals. So um, I mean. After my senior year, it, uh, my dream was always to play in the USHL. There's no doubt about that. Um, but after my senior year, I kind of learned how to score. I think like I think I had almost 70 tucks my senior year, and I like just learned how to play the game the way I wanted to play the game. And I, I, I mean, I had some unbelievable line mates. I played with Connor Sunquist, who was a CC. Sonny, baby, that's a CT boy. Yeah, yeah I, I played a little bit with Joey Cipollone. Hell yeah. Played with Alex Limoges a little bit, who's at Penn State, who's one of the best players in the country right now. So oh, yeah. I had to, obviously, you know, I wasn't like taking the team on my back or anything. I those guys were equally doing their part as much as I was. But um, I, I had the option to go to the USHL. I was drafted by Muskegon. Um, John Van Beesbrook called me from there, and uh, being from Florida, obviously, I knew who he was. He's one of the most famous goalies of all time. He was the guy who made the run in the Panthers initial season. So uh, he had called me and basically said like, Hey, like I know where you're coming from. I know what, what kind of place Florida is and I know it's hard, but 
you know, we have you pencil in right now on the third line right wing. Like, you know, we think that you can, you know, make an impact here and move your way up even to a top six role. Um, we're going to teach you how to do this. We're going to teach you how to play D. And, you know, I liked a lot of what he was saying. Um, but at the time, I was already committed to Coquitlam. Um, mm. And the one thing was I thought I wanted to stay true to my commitment to, to them because they had been nothing but great to me. Uh-huh. But at the same time, too, like I saw – two of my closest friends in Chase Prisky and Carl Amir go to the BCHL and not really have that much success there, meaning that that league was, if not just as good, like it's, it was a different type of league, right? It's more offensive orientated. Right, right. Uh, The USHL is more de-orientated and you have your superstars, but um, I, I just felt like my, now that I finally learned how to score, I finally learned how to, to play the offensive game I knew I was capable of playing that uh, my best bet was to go to a faster, more offensive-minded league in the BCHL where I can continue to grow on that offensive production in a league like that where in the USHL I probably would have had to take, you know, 20, 25 games to, to crack the top right, six. Right. Next thing you know, I'm ending the season with 20 points rather than whatever I finished with in Right, that's you know what points. sixty one. Yeah, you know what? It's cool. You it's cool. You mentioned that, man, because you know what? So you so you you made that self conscious decision on your own to head out to the BC. You know, you had your opportunity in the UCH and the USHL um, because you thought that the the league better suited you. And you know what? Looking at looking at the year that you had, I think you made a fucking awesome decision. Um, that yeah. being said. Can you kind of just? I know you 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 did a little bit already, but can you kind of elaborate on on the league there? Like what what kind of, you know what what kind of can you describe that league? The BC. I know you you compared it a little bit to the USHL, but your experience there, um, how you would how would you say yeah, that like, league uh, would be uh, like? I don't know many guys. I got one buddy, Zach Zorn. Shout out Zach Zorn that played a little while in the in the BC. He's a muck and grind kind of guy, biggest fucking heart I've ever seen, but um. But if you want to talk about that league, I think that's don't. the only junior league that I never played in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, hands down, the best year of my life. Um, I After my first year, my only year in junior, I only played one year junior because I was committed for one year before my 20 bomb year. Uh-huh. Um, after I played, I begged, begged. Yeah to do another year i wanted to play another year in the bc i had so much fun man yeah. like, especially being in coquitlam i was like a 25 minute sky train to downtown vancouver like you hear all these things on spit sky train and all that shit like we were at the roxy every single sunday like i got to party with nhlers like i was Woo. i have picked of me, like Shea Weber, Ryan Johansson, like buying drinks for each other and stuff. Like, Jesus, like man. outside the rank, like what that a dream. incredible. Like oh. I made some, fr- I made some friends that like I will have for the rest of my life. And, oh, that's you know, awesome, like, man. The thing out, the thing out there too is I was pretty lucky. Like the league itself was fast, it was quick, um, but my adjustment period was it was it was quite large, right? Like my first ten games, I only had like two or three points. But I played with two, like, uh, like two of the best. One playmaker, uh, his name's Colton Kerfoot. He's Alex Kerfoot's little brother from Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, I yeah. played with him, and my center was Jackson Cressy, who's at Princeton now. He's got, like, three years in a row with 30 points. Couple like, div one guys. 30. And so, I mean, like, the adjustment period for me, playing with those guys, was like, I, I, like once I got paired with them, it was like, okay, I see how this works. Like, right, right. you're with skilled guys, it, 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 it's how it is. But the difference is probably, I would say, like, you know, in the USHL, you're going to get four lines that, like, you you have four good lines. Like, the problem with the BC is, like, the top teams have, like, one or two really, really good lines that are just as good, if not better, than any USHL top six. But I think they struggled with, like, the third and fourth line. Like, our issue was our third and fourth line, without a doubt. So, okay. um, well, then you, you know, you run in teams like Penticton, where, like, my year, like, you had Scott Conway, who's in the American League now. You had Tyson Jost, who's in the NHL. You had Dante Fabro and Sheldon Rempel, like, all these studs now in pro hockey. Like, 
those guys were legit and they were BC to the NCAA too. So um, I, I, it was a good league, man. It was, it was, it was, it fit my game. And now that I like at that time, I figured like now that I, you know, I'm learning how to score, like I think this would be a league that's more beneficial to me rather than the USHL. So, well, and, and you know, like I didn't even go to camp in the USHL and sometimes like, I regret it because, you know, you never know. Like, if I could have went to camp and I could have been a top six guy in the ski, and, like, we don't even know where I could be right now. But that's not something I, I try to dwell on. Come I try on, to kind of move past it. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy with the decision I made. And I think that that year, like I said, by far the best year of my life, man, I, I wish I could do it over again. Well, Mac, I think you were I think you were absolutely right in, in the first thing that you said when you said that maybe it would have taken you longer to adjust because you wouldn't have got the opportunity that you got. Like, for example, um, since the USHL has such good lines in their first, their second, their third, their fourth, and everybody's committed and whatnot, well, then they're still going to play their fourth line like a fourth line, and they're still going to play their third line like a third line, but they're just elite, but they're just elite players, whereas when you go... When you did what you did is go and go to the BCHL, which I think is the smartest thing ever, because as a kid, that's so hard to choose a an in quote unquote worse league or league with less clout, less hype around it, um, because you think you're gonna excel more, right? That's mm-hmm. that's hard to do as a kid, because as a kid, you always want to go to the best league, you want to mm-hmm. be in the best thing, and you want to show everyone that you're the best and all that, right? So, but at the end of the day, I think what you said is completely right. That that the BCHL maybe doesn't have that depth that the USHL have, but that's why guys that go to the BCHL with your skill get more opportunity with better players right, is because right. you're going to be a top six guy guaranteed coming in getting 61 points in 57 games, right? So like yeah. in, your, in your transition where you're going to get to play top six during your transition... Where maybe as when you were gonna go to the USHL and like like that guy told you like Van Beesbrook told you like you were gonna play in the third line and maybe you would have only had like one point in ten games in the third line and instead of staying yeah. there and then taking off you would have got sent down to the fourth line and then lost your confidence and then you know what I mean yeah. it could have gone the complete exactly. other way the thing, yeah. is, the thing is I think that helped you brother you you looked at yourself in the mirror. You said, "What the fuck is best for me right now, man?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what what what? No, could it was it was hard decision, man. And like, you know, being in South Kent, you mm-hmm. know better than anybody. Better like what even better than like better than Nico, better than anybody. But you know that every kid at the school at the time we were there together. Everybody wanted to play in the USHL, that's including it. myself. Like, that's how it was at Shattuck, too. That's right, brother. That's the goal, like, that's play in the USHL, play in the USHL. But yep. Yep. I just, I weighed my options, man. Like, I really thought about it, and it, it, I just I just felt like I could really continue my offensive success in the BC yeah, rather man. than the USHL you know right what? away. Because I knew, I knew there was a possibility that I was only going to play one year, you know, staying committed to Sacred Heart. Like... There was a possibility I'd only play one year, right? So, am I going to waste a year and just, you know, mope around on the third, fourth line? Or am I going to try to get after it right away? I mean, like, I went in, and this guy that my head coach and GM there, his name is Barry Wolf, like, the best guy in the entire world. I went in there, and, like, how often do you see a rookie walk in and, like, play first line right wing? Only have two points, three points his first ten games and still stick with me, right? Like, easily could have put other guys on the line, easily could have traded me out, like, stuck with me, believed in me, like, trusted my abilities, and just basically let me go, you know? Yeah, that would have never happened in the U show, dude. Never. Yeah, I was pretty lucky, man. There's there's not a doubt about it. I I wouldn't trade my year in, in the BC for anything. I want to touch on that. Did you have any other offers, like, coming out of South Kent? Because I know you committed during South Kent. So, was that the only school that you talked to? Uh, no. I had my sophomore year was the year Chase and I were on the same team. I had a one for four to St. Lawrence. Um, I didn't like the scholarship there. So, I decided to turn it down and try to keep playing. And then I had, I mean, AIC offered me was my first offer. Um, it was it was good scholarship. I mean, it was best you can really get. But I didn't really like the the place itself. I didn't think yeah, yeah. that that school really suited me. Um, and then I talked to a few more Atlantics. Uh, I had a couple offers, but 
you know, it ended up coming down to Sacred Heart because basically I wanted to go in and make an impact right away, one, and two, like I wanted to help change the program. So, um, you know, I, I looking at it now, like it's crazy. I'm, I have one semester left before I'm finished, but I think I, I did both of those things that I set out to accomplish. But my year in the, in the BC, um, my head coach was trying to, basically I mean he went behind my back like I didn't hate it because he was doing thought he was doing it because it was good for me but you know he reached out to a ton of schools while before I signed my NLI and you know we had a ton of people basically say like you know he's doing really well like you know if he decommits then we'll talk like scholarship and whatnot but I didn't find it necessary to really decommit I I thought, you know, like Atlantic Hockey was on the uprise, and even now you look at us like we're on the uprise. We have two two of our, whatever, 12 in conference are in the top 20, and, oh, yeah. you know, oh, we, yeah. can, we can beat anybody on any given night. Like, That's you know, right. we played BU a couple weeks ago, and like I said, 15 draft picks, and we smacked them in the fucking mouth four or five rip. Like, Love it. So Love I, it. I, I thought that's why I, I stayed. I stayed with my commitment to Sacred Heart, and I really liked the coaching staff too. So um, it was. I thought what was best for me. Mac, you're a fucking genius, man. You're a genius. You did it right. You picked the BCHL over the USHL. You picked the all-star school. I mean, you, you didn't pick an all-star school where you weren't going to play, and you picked a school where you knew you were going to get opportunity. You're a genius. Man, dude. you That's just fucking believed in yourself, dog. And actually, That's what happens, man. And, I love and, that shit. And I want to touch on that. I want to touch on that because a lot of kids are listening, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and they and they could actually learn from, from, from your decision that you just made. And from this story that I'm about to tell, he's actually going to come on the podcast podcast soon uh he might be our next guest or two guests or in three guests but i know you know of a kid from from florida he's a 99 cole codsey oh my god yeah well he's a beauty he's a good friend of mine and uh anyway like i kind of help him out like uh like you know like we're the older guys in florida hockey so i don't know i'm sure you got some younger guys that you talk to and uh uh he's my guy he's a he's a beauty he's a great kid and uh, he's an unbelievable hockey player in my eyes. And uh, he was committed to Michigan State for a long time, a really long time. And then he ended up decommitting. And, like, I had a talk with him, and I was like, dude, listen, man. Like, you're going to get Division One offers. You're going to get maybe some big schools, and you're going to get some small schools. And if I were you, I would go to the school that you're going to get the most opportunity at, no matter what. Even if you have, like, Notre Dame, where it's like, holy shit, I get to tweet Notre Dame, like, and I get to go to Notre Dame. Like, dude. You're going to have to wait two years before you get your opportunity. Whereas mm-hmm. if you commit to a small school that really wants you and is willing to give you a full scholarship and fully invest in you, well, then they're going to they're gonna give you all they got. And that's where you got to go. And he just recently committed to Bentley. So shout out to him. Congratulations, Cole, on committing to Bentley. I think that was a great move. And I think he's going to benefit greatly from that. And uh, I think people are going to be- benefit greatly from hearing about your story Definitely, because uh, that's kind of yeah. in, the, in the same there. Yeah, Cole uh, Cole skates with us every once in a while in the summer, and we skated a couple times over the holiday just these past few weeks. And you know, he's somebody who I guess like values my opinion. And, you know, he was calling me and asking, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Like Sacred Heart was extremely interested in him, but they we have too many commits right now, so they wanted to push him back, basically make him age out and then bring him in. Um, that, but that didn't that didn't mean that they didn't want him as a player they just had too many players like you know right now our team has 16 forwards and all 16 could play on any given night and it sucks because some guys get to have to sit out and you know have only played three four five six games this year um and they just basically don't want to do that anymore so that's why they didn't want to bring cole in you know next year but um yeah i mean he's a great player he's a big kid he's a nice kid he's like great kid he just I told him the same thing. I mean, like, you just, you want to go where you're wanted, right? Like, you want to go somewhere not because, uh, you know, they have all these great things or... Yeah, man, it's not the club. It's not about the club. You got to go where you're wanted. You got to go where you're going to play. And nowadays, man, it doesn't matter. It it doesn't fucking matter where you play. You Mm -hmm. could play Division Three and be in the American League next year. That's it, man. Like... 
Yep. You could play. You could play U Sports be in the American League next year. That's it, man. right? Like yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. And you're still playing Division One college hockey. You're still gonna have your seven, eight games a year out of conference where you're playing those fucking Notre Dame's. You're playing those BU's. You're playing those, you know, University of Michigan, Michigan State's. Like you still have opportunity to prove your worth against those kind of teams. And that's one thing that I think in my four years that Atlantic hockey has done an unbelievable job doing is that is like creating, like there was always such huge separation and a gap between all of the Atlantic teams and everybody else. But now there's just fucking not like, for example, you look at a team like army, like army's fucking gross this year. Yeah. They're like 16th, they're like 16th in the country. They just, I'm pretty sure they just beat Penn state last or uh, Ohio state last weekend. Like they're fucking nasty. And, you know, look at a team like us where we're, like, 20, 21. Like, we're at the top of our conference. Like, we, we could beat any fucking – you look at the teams underneath us, I guarantee you, you know, we're winning 75% of those games we play any of those fucking teams. Yeah, well, dude, no wonder you guys are winning games. You got guys like Mark Johnstone with 17 points in 19 games. That guy's nasty. Yeah. Nasty. <laughs> nasty. The bet, uh, swear to God, Nico, swear to God. The best, I think, like, you watch him play, and I, I hope he hears this because he'll laugh, but he can't skate, he can't stick handle, he can't shoot. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck me, dude. Does he put it all together? It, talk about a hard worker, like, the hardest worker I've ever played with, hands down. Dude, when dude. When game time, you know what you're getting out of that kid every single night. Dude, I, I, don't, I don't know he this kid at all, but... Battles. Oh, he's nasty. I heard that too, man. I don't even know this kid. And I heard, I heard, shout out this kid, man. Yo, if you're listening, Mark, bro, come on the pod, bro. I would love to talk to you, brother. Because you know what? I hear a lot of great things about you. Yo, man. you want to hear a funny story? I was 17 in Chicago. I had just gotten traded there. I got scratched like two games in a row, I think. And I'm in the locker room and I'm like, I, I'm kind of, I'm pissed, I'm pissed off. I'm whining. You know, I was young. I was a little bitch, like, that I wasn't playing. And uh, John Stone comes up to me. He's a 96. He's like, dude, you're 17 years old in the USHL. You know how long it took me to get into this league? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, dude, I, try, I tried out in this league every year. I played U18 instead when I couldn't make it. I kept trying out. Finally made it to this league. He's like, he's like dude, you're 17 in this league, man. <laughs> and I and I and I'll just never like you say that right, and you talk about like how his mentality like wears off like wears off on you right like he's our captain too man like the best captain ever like leads by example like straight leadership like but he's also the first guy to put you in your place right like so there you know if there's games where you know I'm not playing well and I'm feeling sorry for myself. You know, he knows I'm not the kind of guy you come over to and say, oh, Mac, it's her, right? Like, it's you'll get it. You'll get it. He's the kind of guy who comes over to me, sits me down, looks me in the fucking eyes, and he says, our team's not going to win if you don't bury those pucks. Or, you know, you are you need to bear down and, and focus and get ready and, like, get into the game. Like, just, just the best overall leader and player in my four years I've played here. Like, not a guy who's going to put up crazy – I mean, he's, he puts up really, really good points so far in college, but – like, he's not a crazy point guy. Like, he's not going to be putting up over a point per game every year. But, like, he makes an impact on the game no matter what the game entails. Like, whether you're up a goal, down a goal, I want Mark Johnstone on the ice. Yeah, and he's a beauty. Love it. Oh, he's the, he's the fucking man, dude. Yeah, he's the Love man. It, bro. I got a question for you about Sacred Heart. First of all, is it religious? Um, yes and no. Like, do you I guys mean, have like, to do anything? I remember at no, South Kent we, we had we to go to we chapel. Don't have to do shit. No, none of that kind they of stuff. They want, to, if anything, they want to keep us out of the church. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you, bro. Go All on. right, so it's not religious, but I, I actually have a question because I like to ask this question to everybody that comes on the pod. Um, I love. Wait, actually, actually, I have a better question for NCAA guys. Do you get to party when you go play against other schools at their school? Um, it varies. Um, so my sophomore year, we went out to Notre Dame to play them twice, <coughs> and then we smacked them on the first night. We beat them pretty good. 
and they were ranked like second or third in the country at the time. Peeker was on the team, not a big deal. <laughs> and, and smacked Peek up pretty good. And then the second night, you know, we gave them a good battle, but I think they beat us like four to three. So, I mean, it was overall like a really, really good weekend split for us. And the Notre Dame-USC game, football game, was that day. Oh, sweet. So we, play, we played Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday morning, we all got to go to the U. Like, we all got to tailgate with the Notre Dame hockey team and go to the football game and have a good time with them there. But after that, we had a couple uh, couple incidents, a couple guys kind of not being able to be found and whatnot. So <laughs> since then, we have not been able to go out or do anything when we show oh, on the road. man. Max, fine to those guys, <laughs> unless it was you. Boy. It was oh. not me. I was I was accounted for. My ass was parked on the bus. I wasn't missing next Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man, that's tough. But that's that's a sick story. Was it a good night at least in Notre Dame? shit dude you know what in the NCAA I know it's the same in youth sports too but like it's so cool when you get to a certain level you get a high level and you know guys are competing you get on the ice and you're just going balls out right but afterwards you boys you know what I mean like it's dope that you can hit up Peeker and say yo like what's the deal what's the move like we got the whole day and then next thing you know the guys that you were fucking going head to head with you're, you're fucking you're partying with you're having a great time you know what I mean it's I love that shit that, that's hockey yeah love I mean it. We went to absolute fucking battle two nights in a row against each other, and then none of that mattered on Saturday. We were all just there to watch some football and have a good time. That's awesome, brother. That's awesome. Hey, I wanted to ask you, I know we were talking about it um, a little bit, um, about the lifestyle in the NCAA in general. Um, I know a lot of guys, actually most, almost all of the guys, it's a grind. I know it's a fucking grind. Well, actually, actually, with that question, why don't you run us through like yeah, a yeah. day? Why don't you run us through a day in your life, like Boston Mac? Yeah, run us through like a, a normal practice day do where you, you want, have uh, practice in school. Do you want like a, a a good day or a bad day? What do you want? Give me, give me a rough day, man. You know what? G- give us, give us, give us a uh, give us a real NCAA yeah. day. All right, so. We practice every day at 1, right? So you got to be at the rink, I mean, early or latest, like 12, 15. Um, but so keep that in mind, practice at 1, usually 1 to like 3. We'll have that, that time block pretty much out. We Our practices usually run anywhere from an hour 20 to like an hour and 50 minutes. They're, they're okay. long. They're baggers. Long we, practices. We condition... We condition Mondays and Tuesdays. We'll we'll skate at the end of practice for a while. Not fun. Um, And then Mondays and Wednesdays, we lift. Um, They try to space out a day after Monday's lift, give you Tuesday off from lifting, and then lift again Wednesday. Hopefully, you know, Thursday is your day off again from lifting, so you're recovered playing Friday, Saturday. Um, But typically, uh, depending on what year you are and how you manipulate your schedule, I'm like, the world's best schedule manipulator, so I don't really go to class that often. Um, but guys, like freshman year, like you come in, you got class in the morning, you lift, uh, you either have class after lift or you don't, and then you go to practice, practice, and then you go to class after from three thirty to four forty-five. You try to grab a quick bite to eat, and then you got class from five to seven thirty. Hopefully you don't have a 7.45 9 because those are miserable Whew. because you're so tired. Mm. And then if not, you're just trying to rush home, get something in you, try to catch a hockey game or something with a couple of the fellas and get to bed, man. Like, a lot of the guys on my team, like, everybody's different, right? Like, everybody's bodies work different. Everybody does nutrition different. Like, you know, when you get to the, this kind of level and this kind of age, like, you know what works for you. Right. You know, for me, for example, like, 
I'm an old man now, so I'm in bed every day, every night by like ten fifteen, I'm ten thirty, I'm shutting it down, I'm sleeping. Say you know, there's some, guys, there's some guys who are staying up till you know twelve, twelve thirty one. That is just regular for, and they don't need as much sleep. Um, but you know, it's all different. It all depends on what kind of schedule you have. But yeah, it's it's consistent. We usually get Sundays off um, completely, so that'll kind of be our off day. But then right back at it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, we just we just go to work. So uh, Monday is like our skills day. We do skills for like an hour and twenty, and then condition. Um, then you lift, and then Tuesday is our battle day. Like get back to work yeah, uh, yeah. day they call it. So we'll bat we'll do battle drills for an hour and a half, and then condition. And then Wednesday we're kind of getting into more systems, like what we were not good at the week prior, and then we'll lift again, and then. Thursday's more of like a flow, get underneath your feet, and special teams. Dude, that's funny you say about being an old man because I feel like everyone, like, I feel like you sports at least, is just everyone feels like an old man because we all played major junior and we, we all aged out, obviously, so we were all 20s. And uh, so we're all like old men. But like, for example, me, like in junior, dude, I could never go to bed. But now I'm just, I'm in bed by 10 p.m., definitely lights out by 11 Except for weekends, obviously. First one at the bar, last one to leave. Don't get me wrong. But uh, but, but during weekdays, dude, man, I love to shut it down early. Like, I need to now need it, to, be able to, to be able to continue to play. Mac, I feel like you've always been like that, bro. Like, I remember at South K. Always. You, 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 know always, you need your fucking you know beauty sleep. Than yeah, you, or you wake up fuck, grumpy fuck. Yeah, the Mac that I... <laughs> dude, dude, the Mac that I know doesn't get much sleep. We were out we were out at Fort Lauderdale till about 2, 3 a.m. Then we all sleep together. <laughs> we're up at 7 a.m. at the gym at 8 a.m. You know hang clean, deadlift, straight to the rink, practice. Hey, hey. <laughs> man at night, man That's in the morning, right? That's summertime, That's different. And even now in the summertime, like, me and B went the whole summer. We didn't drink uh, Sunday through... Uh, Friday at noon. Nice. <laughs> so, like, summertime, we weren't drinking unless it was Friday night or Saturday night. That was it. Wow. And, awesome. But, like, you know, in, in prep school, too, like, Chase remembers probably. Like, I remember Chase was, like, doing fucking homework at, like, 1030, and I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? Like, go to bed. Like, fucking night owl, bro. What do you want from me? No, yeah. I've always <laughs> been a guy who, like, so, like I said, like, I'm, I'm 23, turned 24 this year. Like, I know what works for me and what makes my body the best it can be. Like, I know what I need to eat. I know how I need to fuel. Like, I know, like, I need to play my best on Friday. I know from Monday to Thursday, I need to get at least eight hours and 45 minutes to, like, nine and a half hours of sleep every single wow. night. Like, I just got it. Like, I, I know what works for me. And are, are you, are you that anal about it, though? my best. So you need you, you you're that anal about it. You need those hours, right? Oh, hundred percent, man. I, I'm very anal about everything I do. Whether <laughs> so you're, so that's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. You know, I remember that. That's that's yeah, funny, man. Like, that's cool. <clears throat> nutrition stuff too. Like, you know, I know what my my body like, how my body feels like feels after I put certain things in it. Mm -hmm. So like. You know, like, day before a game, like, home game, I eat the same exact meal. Like, yeah, yeah. on the road, I eat the same exact meal. I know exactly how my body's going to perform on what I put in it. So, like... Yeah. Dude, I, like, I, dude, I, like, I bet that one summer that we were working out at uh, at the den, like, upstairs with uh, Bergdorf, I think it was his name, uh, with Matt. That one summer, dude, when we were taking body percentage, I think we had, like, if, if an NHL scout would have came to our gym and tested the five guys in that gym for body fat percentage, we had the lowest out of any five guys, like, in, the in, world. in any other summer training <laughs> for hockey. Well, yeah, man. Like, that's another thing, too, is, like, a lot of these these kids, like, goes back to that, that saying I said about that Pinchewski gave me about thinking you want it and knowing you want it, like... A lot of guys in the summertime, like, they think, like, going to the gym, like, two or three times a week is, like, a lot. Mm. And they think, like, <clears throat> they think, like, you know, whether it's, you know, you get it, even if you, and, you know, even if you go five days a week going for, like, 45 minutes, like, that's good. Like, our lifts are five days a week, at least two hours. Like, it's a grind and it's a battle and it sucks. But, like, it's those little things that you, like, build you build in your brain, like, you know what works, you know how to be big, you know how to be strong, and it translates on the ice, like, immediately. Big so, like, time. 
that's one thing that like our our workout group was like elite right like we Mm. we we knew what we wanted we all wanted to get bigger we all wanted to get faster we all wanted to get stronger so like we did what it took it doesn't help that dewey's a juice head so we all uh, all kind of followed along with whatever he wanted yeah that's true but at the same time like it was so key to have all the boys like battling because i think that's what helped me stay in the gym for so long and like obviously helped me grow my passion for the gym even more than it already was is like dude we had a group of sick guys that were just like competing like fucking with each other while competing at the same time chirping each other that you're weak so that you lift more type of shit and like that's kind of what what makes that's the it shit so that makes great. you better right but y'all i'm competitive I, competitive drive right like if you were doing less weight than me, then Dewey was going to shit on you. You're right? hearing about it. Hell yeah. yeah. That's yeah. fucking awesome, man. Yo, yo, run us through a game day at... Do you guys have to go to school on game day if you have class? Fuck no. I don't go to school on game days. Okay. All right. But some guys do or no? Yeah. If we play like Tuesday or Thursday games, like if you can make your classes, you're supposed to go, but... You wouldn't catch me dead in the classroom on a game day. Yeah, me neither. But anyway, even if I was scratched, I wouldn't go on game day. Game day serious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to prepare, man. What if the boys, you know, what if something happens during the day and then they need me in there? You know yeah, what I mean? Ready to go, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, Mac, run us through game a game day. day. Like me personally or like a team, team day? Uh, you and then plus like where you have to be with the team at what time? All right, so I'll give you a I'll give you a Friday. So Friday, uh, I'll wake up. I'll have my breakfast, the same exact breakfast I always eat. Um, what is it? Uh, it's spinach onions inside scrambled eggs, three pieces of turkey bacon, and a little bit of potato. Love not, turkey not bacon. Much. Don't want to slow down. No, no, I can't and then, slow down. Okay. And then uh, after that, I'll. We'll have like a pregame skate, and then guys who pregame skate have to go to the rink. Guys who don't pregame skate have like a team stretch. Okay. So I'm not like on the road. I skate, but at home I don't. So I will do the stretch if I'm at home. Um, after that, I'll come home, rip a little Xbox, play for an hour or two, try to catch a nap. Then we have pregame meal at three o'clock. All together. Uh, yeah, all together is pregame meal at three. We go to this place called Vazzy's Italian Restaurants Fire. We get penne al vodka and uh, like some sort of chicken with it. So we'll all eat there at three. Uh, I'll rip a coffee right after. I'll come home, shower, change into my suit, rip another coffee, get to the rink. Uh, you got to be there t- early or latest. You got to be there two hours before, so you got to be there by five. Um, uh, get in there. We have five ten PK meeting, and then a five fifteen power play meeting. I don't play on the penalty kill, so I miss out on that one. And then afterwards, we'll have a team meeting at like five twenty five. Then after that, we'll go warm up, play some sewer. I'll drink my pre workout, kind of focus up, get in the zone, and about twenty minutes before game time, we go out for warm ups. What's uh? You got any superstitions? Oh man, do I ever! Always left first. <laughs> Always left. Always first. left first. Yeah. Yeah. Every my my like coffee, for example, like after pregame meal, my first coffee has to be finished by like three fifty-five. I have to drink <laughs> a full bottle of water in between coffees, or else I'll feel jittery and my stomach will twist. Um, I always drink a, a full shot of pickle juice before warm-ups. Oh, yeah? Uh, oh, yeah. Pickle it juice. prevents cramping. Hell, yeah. Wow, I might try that. I'll take, like, my glucose tablet the second I get to the rink. I take my stick the same way every <laughs> single game. I usually like to use a new stick before every weekend, so, like, I'll usually have to tape up a stick before Fridays. Wow. Oh, man. So, continue. <laughs> Oh man, it's bad. I'm so bad. Like, <laughs> if, if I play bad on Friday night, like I won't touch that suit for weeks. Holy like, fuck, oh my man. god, it's so bad. You have no idea, dude. I'm a mental midget. You know what, though, man? <laughs> that you know what, dude? You got to do whatever you got to do to get yourself ready, dude. Right? Are you kidding me? I was saying it last epi. I fucking need superstitions. That's what's gonna get me to score goals. You know what, man? <laughs> 
Well, it's, it's just like, I don't, it's, some people call it superstitious, some people call it routine, right? Like, yeah. I just stay my routine, like that, I, like I said, like earlier, like, I know what works for me, I know how to make my body feel the best going into a game. No, like, I agree, I love it, I agree with it, like, I have a routine as well, don't get me wrong, I have a routine, I'm not superstitious, <laughs> I don't do things at exact times and stuff, but like, I have a routine, I'm always checking the clock, but like, dude, like, I get, for example, I get to the rink, and I, uh, I'll, I'll drink water all day. I'll try to drink as much water as I can. I get to the rink, though, and I switch to coffee. And, dude, I might have eight cups of coffee. Who knows? No, but I will relax. sip coffee until the game begins. From the moment I get to the rink till the game begins, I'm sipping on nothing but coffee. <laughs> Getting wild. How do you feel? Do you cramp? Yeah, I'd be cramping like... Dude, I feel incredible, man. I sit on the bench. I <laughs> chirp the shit out of the other team. And when I get out there, I, I, I run them over. You're buzzing. You're fucking buzzing. That's funny. I man. feel incredible, man. I feel incredible. But you, you know mean? what, man? The thing is, the thing is, with, with superstitions and routines, whatever you want to call them, you just have to figure out for anybody that's listening, or the younger guys, especially like Mac was saying, what you need to do to to get yourself prepared for the game. You have to learn your own body, your own mind. You need to understand what it what it's gonna take for you for when the puck drops to be zoned the fuck in. You know and some I mean? kids are listening in like, dude, what are you talking about? I wheel into the rink fully dressed. My mom drops me off at the front. I take my skate guards off and I go on the ice. Yeah, buddy, that's how it was for everyone when you were 12 years old. But when you get younger, <laughs> it's a bit different. And you actually got to stretch. Yeah, it's, dude. All about, it's all about what works for you. It's, it's not even like being superstitious or doing crazy shit. It's just what works for you. Right, right. Hell yeah. I mean, like we have guys who listen to music in the locker room when we have music playing like they have headphones in we have guys who are fucking around like wrestling and being idiots but like then we have guys who are like have jerseys or towels over their head like don't even fucking look at me don't talk to me don't touch me like we have a kid on my team we have a kid on my team i'm not gonna say his name but when he tapes his sticks before games he puts them down on a paper fucking towel so that they don't get dirty. <laughs> you can't, you're not allowed to like look at his sticks. If you look at his sticks, he'll retape the whole thing. Dude, Mac, Jesus Mac, you think God. that's bad? I'm not going to say this guy's name either because he's in the National Hockey League now. <laughs> but I got a guy that I played with in the queue that accidentally spit on his gitch one time before a game and went on and proceeded Ugh. to have a hattie and then continued to purposely now no spit on his fucking gitch. Uh, drop his name. Fucking I'm drop not, his no, name. I'm not dropping his uh, name. There's no way I expose him like that. I cannot <laughs> do that. But I, 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 that's, that's tough. Like, that's... the paper towel shit is, is borderline psychotic. Like, you need to see a doctor. <laughs> but that, that is, that is that's bad. Tough. That's oh, funny man. as fuck. No, but Mac, I think we're going to end it on that. Um, yeah, I mean, unless you got anything else to say for the fans, like, I think you I think you gave us a bunch of information on the BCHL. Fuck, I should have played there. And, uh, and, and, <laughs> and uh, NCAA lifestyle and stuff. And, dude, you're an unreal example of a guy who's just consistent, dude. You stuck to your word, yeah, went man. to the BC. Then you stuck to your word and stayed committed, which is hard to do nowadays. A lot of people deco. And uh, no, man, it's, it's fucking, you're one of my best friends from Florida in the game. And um, yeah, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience. Yeah, man. And giving us content. Yeah, yeah man. Thanks for the yeah, content, I brother. I hope so. We'll see. But one day I wanted to, wanted to ask Chase, Chase, do you remember uh, the toothbrush incident? <laughs> I need a story. Let's go. Let us have the toothbrush. Yeah, I fucking remember, dog. Oh yeah, I needed an. Uh, actually, actually, good thing you reminded me because I actually need a good off ice story from you. <laughs> Holy! I fuck. have a, I have a good, I have a good off ice story. Oh my god! Okay, let's Give go. a little background on the story there, Chase. Huh? Without mentioning names, so we both don't get killed. Jesus <laughs> Christ! You want some background? Yeah, don't mention names. You said. Um, yeah, so I had a roommate at South Kent. Um, you know what? (laughs) Is he a Florida boy too, actually? 
He might have been, honestly. He I might don't have know. been. That kid was messed up. Oh man. my god, man! This kid, you know, I, I showed up. I showed up to the to the uh, to the school first day. I'm moving. I'm 16 years old, man. Actually, I was 15 years old. Moving into South Kent, my mom's dropping me off, man. I'm bringing my bags, and this kid's playing like heavy trap music, like some, like heavy, heavy. He's a he's a Latino guy. He's, I don't know where the hell this kid's from. You're coming from, you know, it's a, it's a boarding school, right? So I, I don't I don't really know um, much about the kid, but he, he he's pretty fucking terrifying to be honest with you. Like the kid the kid had tats all over him. He's 15 years old. We he, were 16 and he was tatted up. Tatted up. Like guys got like neck tats. Like the guys, Mac, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta tell the story, man. Just just. I mean. So, like, this kid was just... I think he might have been a Miami kid, honestly. I, you know. was it he Miami? sounds a lot like me. Yeah. I, so, Dude, no, I don't crazy. Know, this kid was just insane. No. Like, never did anything right. Like, always was late to practice. Like, always talking It's bad. like he did like, on purpose. Like, I don't know. Yeah, threatening to, like, kill people and beat people up. Like, Stab just not, not, just not what we needed. No. And one day, I just remember one day, I lived one door over from chase so like we were pretty much as close as you can be as roommates as possible yeah so one day i come back from practice and chase got back before me and i don't know why i i guess like something smelled off in his room so he went and he was smelling around he couldn't figure out what smell and he's like yo mac does it smell like like literal shit in here (laughs) i'm like sniffing i'm sniffing i'm like Kind of, man. Like, what the hell's going on? Next thing you know, we got the whole team in this room, right? It's fucking sniffing. And everyone's sniffing everything. Sniffing. Everyone's trying to figure out where this is coming from. <laughs> Chase picks up his toothbrush, and it literally smells like, like butthole. Like bu- like ass, bro. Ass. Like asshole. Like so asshole. Everyone's like, what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? Turns out, this kid was thought it, like, I don't, he always, like, he always pretended like him and Chase were like tight, like they were friends. Like Chase did a good job of like just managing the relationship to make sure he didn't get stabbed. Dude, don't fucking get this kid so, like, on me while I'm sleeping. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like one day, Chase comes out and goes, "Oh hell no! Oh hell no! Hell no! I'm done with this shit." He starts freaking out, man. This kid was literally took Chase's fucking toothbrush and shoved it up his ass, and Chase was. Done. Shoved done it up his fucking ass, bro. You know what? The kid. You know what? The kid. The, did he get expelled? I, it wasn't I even for that. It wasn't yeah, even. It wasn't for that. You know, I, I I talked to him. I addressed the shit. But you know what? He ended up. He ended up getting expelled. I don't know. Kicked out or expelled or something for yeah, some he reason. Got expelled but, like a month later for some other. For some other shit. shit. But yo, if yes, if if you're a uh, if you're a, if you're a prep school kid or border border. Uh, Border school kid, make sure you fucking put your uh, put your toothbrush away in a safe spot. Yeah, or at at Shattuck, I remember one time. At Shattuck, I remember one time someone. Yeah, I got I got one for you about Nico. So like, I've known Nico my entire life. We were never really tight. Yeah, we became tight probably around like. I want, what was your first year in the USA trip? So I, I was probably 18, 17, 18, and you were like 16, yeah. 17. So you you and Dewey had become good friends in Chicago. And he kept saying, like, oh, this kid Nico's going to come work out with us. He's going to start hanging out with us. And our whole entire crew was like, no. Like, <laughs> all, we've heard about, all we've heard about this guy is he's a psychopath. Like, he's nuts. He just runs his mouth and talks like he's a, a, a loser. Like no way, no. Dewey's like, Dewey's like, no man. I felt the same exact way until I played on the same team with him. Like he's an unbelievable dude. He's fucking hilarious. You just gotta get to know him. That's it. Yeah. Bring him in. Obviously, he becomes one of my best friends. One of the best people I've ever met. Like if I ever did anything wrong, like Nico's one of the first people I call. Oh yeah, Nico. Like so, the first time ever, like. We're going out downtown for the first time ever, right? And yeah. Dewey calls Nico. He's like, hey, we're going out. <laughs> Keep in mind, we're all 96s with like 197. So like we're all like 18, 19, right? Like, <laughs> right. We're going out. We all have face. Nico's like 16 fucking years old. <laughs> he rolls up and he's like, I got bottle service, motherfucker. Let's go. Let's go. Like, this guy's like big dick, whatever, right? We're oh, man. All I remember is that night. 
these 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 kids they're probably like 20 23 whatever in that range they get in my face and me and Dewey's face no and and Nico goes no like the, you guys you guys like I, this is my job this is why I'm here <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like thinking to myself like bro what is this kid talking what about what the like, fuck are you talking about loose <laughs> loose and then all of a sudden this kid like these two big ass dudes push me and Dewey. All I see is Blackie flying in, just saying, like, base. Let's let's. I'll keep it PG here, but let's just say he gave them a very very nice warning. Not <laughs> and it ended up being that you know everywhere we went, people feared the bald head kid. He, <laughs> he was on our side, so. Lock, that's awesome. That's oh, fucking man, amazing. I, I remember that night. I got pictures of that night. That was a great night. Yeah, yeah, so do I, buddy. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking awesome. Bro. All right, man. Absolutely. All right, Mac. Love Thanks that. for coming on to the Buzzpod episode eight. You were an unbelievable guest. You finish us off. You finish it off with the cherry on top, <laughs> and uh, the fans are gonna love it. So thanks again, man. Thanks, brother. No problem, boys. Thanks for having me. I put my kids on the TV. Anything she wants, she can get it. Anything you see, you can get it. He gon' be keys to the business. When I fuck her, I got good intentions. I just can't get my partner to touch it. What on me like I live with the fishes? I know they're color in tennis. Got the diamond put in by my dentist. I'm a shine with no skin and grinning. Ask my watch, I'm not wasting my time. And I'm dripping with Uzi and slime. Can live with my bitch like a Wi-Fi. Got the inner DM like a cha-cha. I got ends I can take care of the south side. I been bidding these beating at ties. Baby, you sailing around here in your size. Stepping house and filling with vibes. I'm watching up, they cover my eyes. She need help on my son or a dime. I can't put nothing, listen to lines. Or should we all the she reclined. She want me put that dick in her spine. Take a shopping and keep her from crying. You don't think you one of a kind. Got you know with disease on both sides. She want snack, go get it. She want snack, go get it. She want the spinny, go get it. She want the brick, go get it. She want this coochie, she get it. She want this Louis, go get it. Lose with the spice, she get it. Everything I got, she get it. Yeah, Billy Sedan, she get it. How about the beer, she get it. How about the little, she get it. The Porsche Cayenne, she get it. How about the two, she get it. I shot to the shoes, she get it I put my kids on the TV And then she want, she can she get want it She want Chanel, she can get it Louis V back and Dior, her tennis They lock the door and we walk in finish Say the hundreds, them doors be spinning Real dope boy, ain't charging no cars Blue G-Wagon, she already got Real grown woman, she ain't post her body Check price tags, you want it, you get it Yo, big dog a fan, he's scared to admit it Get six for a show, I'm handling them business LA for a month, get away from the city Sipping this syrup, I'ma need a new kidney Just tell me where it's at and I'm going to get it Ever I say she on it New Range Rover, she on it don't do no she on it Running out of space for the best of her cars Running through checks every day, no fraud Rose gold presidents, roll it, look polished Bad look bitch, good brain, go college Ain't really got a favor, nothing I call it Big bank, go lane, told no wallet On with draw, nickname, deposit T-Pain flies, I call her my shot. My shot. She want snare, go get it She want snare, go get it She want the spinny, go get it She want the break, go get it She want this Gucci, she get it She want this Louis, go get it Lose with the spice, she get it Everything I got, she get it She can get it.